Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. I want to talk to you this morning on the topic of going beyond confession. Beyond confession. Now listen, I say that carefully because I understand the culture that we're in, okay? And I'm not trying to be offensive with, with the, the title of the message today, but I, but I am trying to intentionally address something that I, I believe in um, firmly. I, I believe very strongly in. In fact, if, if I were to base uh, our entire ministry on a message uh, or, or, or a specific topic, this would be it. Today's message is the one that would probably be the reason that I went into ministry. So it's very important to me. And it may be a little heavy, so um, I'm going to open up with, with a joke this morning. Um, Conor McGregor's boxing career. <laughs> so all the men got that. I'm just kidding. That's not the joke. Um, the joke, Billy Thibodeau um, tagged me uh, this morning. And, and by the way, happy anniversary to, to Billy and Rhiannon. They'll, they'll be here in a little while, or, or maybe they're not. And good for you. Um, that you. Anyway, so Billy tagged me earlier in a joke, and uh, all the kids are back there. It's okay. Uh, Billy tagged me in this joke, and, and the joke is, is it's about Boudreaux. And, and Boudreaux was, I'm going to do my best, and you guys are going to laugh at my attempt at the accent. But Boudreaux was, he was walking through the woods, and, and you know, Boudreaux, had, he had stayed out too late, and he had had too much to drink, so he wasn't really um, walking. He was Otising. You know, he was kind of stumbling through the, that was a Mayweather joke for all the 50 and over crowd. Um, and so, Mayberry, not Mayweather. That's hilarious. Okay, so, so he's stumbling like I am, and he's going through the woods, and he come, comes up on a, a river, and there's a preacher, and the preacher is baptizing people in the river. By the way, we're baptizing today after second service under the awning in a cow tub. Um, so anyways, the preacher was baptizing in the, in the river, and, and you know, Boudreaux, he's kind of curious, so he goes out, and he stumbles out in the river, and and he bumps into the preacher, and the preacher turns around, and whew, he, he smells the alcohol on Boudreaux. I mean, it's, it's, it's thick, and it's strong, and, and it's mixed with stuff, and it doesn't, it's not good. And so the preacher turns around, and he says, son, would you like to find Jesus? And, and Boudreaux looks at him, well, yeah, I find Jesus, you know. And so he grabs him, and he, he takes him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he dunks him in the river. He brings him up, and Boudreaux Oh, you know, I mean, that's, that was refreshing. He had a long night, and so he comes out of the water, and the preacher looks at him and says, did you find him, my boy? And, and Boudreaux's like, uh, no, sir, I don't, I don't think I found him. And he dunks him again, and a little, holds him down a little bit longer, and he pulls him back up, and Boudreaux oh, you know, comes out of the water. Like, oh. And the preacher says, I said, did you find Jesus today? And, and Boudreaux's like, no. No, sir, I don't, I don't think I, kaboom, he blows him down in the water again. This time he holds him there, about 20, 30 seconds. Boudreaux starts kicking and squirming. He pulls him back out of the water, and he said, son, I'm only going to ask you one more time. Have you found Jesus? And Boudreaux said, no, preacher, I don't think I have. Is you sure this is where you lost him? <laughs> we want to go... We want to go a little bit further than just, just con confession. We want to go into an atmosphere of clarity where we walk our relationship out 
with Jesus. I, I confess Jesus is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. Okay, awesome. I confessed, I believe, I'm saved, I leave here free. Now what? Right, that's the big question. Like, you know, that's, the, that's the elephant in the room. If, wh- now what? Now what? Like, because by Thursday, after youth camp, the next Thursday, most of those kids are, are back on their computer by themselves in the room. By the, by the weekend of the next week, that relationship that's kind of birthing out of, out of marriage, the flirtation or the communication, that those things are they're starting to already happen again. By, by, by maybe Tuesday of the next week, that addiction or temptation that we had just the Sunday before when we were delivered, it, it's calling, calling us again. Whether it's in a pack or a can or a bottle or a syringe, it's calling us again. I'm saved. Now what? Matthew 24, verse 12 and it says, because lawlessness will abound. This is a, a passage about the end of times. Matthew 24 is a, a last day's passage. Verse 12, lawlessness will abound. The love of many. Notice, notice the key there is that they had love. That they had, they had a love. They knew, they knew love. But that love, because of lawlessness, will grow cold. Verse 13, and and we're not even going to go to verse 14. We're just going to stop right here. Um, Verse 13 says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. I'm saved. Now what? I've got to endure. I've got to to take the next step. I've I've got to not just repent, but keep on repenting. I've got to... I've got to grow. I heard a story of a, of a spider in a, in a cemetery and he had wound his web and he had caught a wasp, an overconfident wasp in his web. And most of the time, you don't like come upon a spider web and see a wasp. Um, you see like little, little bugs, but this, this wasp, the spider had been there so long that his web was thick enough and the, the wasp was so overconfident flying through that he got trapped. And, and here's just kind of the essence of the story for us is that if you fly around dead people in a dead place for too long, then you will end up dead. You may have to separate yourself from some of those people for a season. You may need to get away from that relationship or that influence. For, you may need to not go there for a little while. You may need to give your spouse your passcode and your passwords. You, you may need to, to have a, a, an accountability partner that checks up on you on a daily basis. You may need to go home and burn some stuff because you can't let that dead stuff 
stay in your house and expect your house to have life. You can't let it come through your screen into your eyes and ears or come through your radio into your eyes and ears and expect to just continue on blessed, freed, and glorified in the name of Jesus. you got to get that dead stuff out of your life. And the best place to put dead things is in a fire. Torch it. Get rid of it. This is the, this is the message that I needed at 15 years old. This is the message that I needed at 19 years old. This is the message that finally caught with me at 21 years old. I kept getting saved over and over again. I'd be baptized. I'd get the Holy Ghost. I don't know why we call him the God. I guess that's the best translation for some. But he's, he's, just a, he's the person of Jesus Christ. In this day and time. And he just wants to walk with you. He, he just wants to, to live this life with you. Why? Because he doesn't want to see you end up back in that web again. Tangled up in that mess. That he just saw you get delivered from. But you've got to make some adjustments. We've got to make some adjustments. And then don't just make the adjustments don't just set the boundaries and then think, oh, well, I'm good. I'll just move this one back. No. No. <laughs> because when you do that, you just opened yourself up to whatever you put that boundary there in the first place for. Luke chapter 21. Again, a, a, a similar passage to Matthew 24. Luke 21. End of days, the last days, if you will. Verse 16, if you don't get there quickly enough, it's okay. Just write it down or you can go back and study it out again. Verse 16 says, you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and, and friends. They're going to notice something different about you and they're not going to like it at first. But they're going to want it in the end friends they will put some of you to death but you don't really die verse 17 you'll be hated by all for my name's sake listen if everything's not just working out beautifully for you after you gave your life to Jesus congratulations you're in a really good place biblically you're right where he wants you and needs you to be You'll be hated by all, verse 18, but watch the promise. Not a hair of your head shall be lost. Some of you, that's already not true, but it's metaphorical. Watch this. These are my favorite six words in Scripture. The, the, the best six words, most powerful six words to me in, in the Bible. Verse 19 says, by your patience, possess your souls. Stay the course. You can't just get on course. You have to stay on course. You want me to tell you what's beyond confession? What is beyond confession is endurance. And only those who endure to the end shall be saved. This is a, I told you it was a tough message. That's why I started off with a bad joke. 
growing up, I, I was so confused about salvation. Um, one, because the, the man that I looked up the most to, he really didn't live it out very well. And, and my dad passed away at 46 years old. Don't, don't feel sorry for me. It's okay. I'm going to see him again, I think. And we're, we're going to be, we're going to be okay. Um, and I know I got I got to be careful when I do that because my wife tells me I'm just a, I'm a little too comfortable with that and it comes off as as like I'm hardened or, or a little too morbid but it just it doesn't bother me like probably it should because I can look at the life and and I can see reason at this point. He's not here to defend himself, so I'm going to use his life as an example that he said he believed, but he didn't really live, and he was the one that I respected the most. So when the one that I respected the most said he believed, but he rarely actually lived what he said he believed, instead of breeding confidence in my relationship with Jesus Christ, it bred confusion. Listen, listen, don't be somebody's confusion. Be somebody's confidence. Be the life that they can look at and know that is a life that is fully committed to Christ because they show it and they say it. It's more than words. Every time I turned around, I was going to a service and I would doubt my salvation. So I would, I would ask Jesus into my heart again. Listen, stop asking Jesus into your heart and just start living for him. Just follow him. You don't have to ask. He heard you the first time. <laughs> you ever been in, in, in the room with, with a kid that's hollering your name over and over and over and over and over and over? I heard you! And I think that's what, they're like, <laughs> Jesus is better than that. He doesn't do that to us. But guys, he, he, he heard every prayer. He heard every confession. He saw everything you did, and yet he still loves you and everything that you have. In all of your mess, in all of my mess, in all of my distraction, in all of my doubt, in all of the confusion that I was leading other people astray in and manipulating and lying and cheating and sometimes stealing if I had to, God never gave up on me and you're here today and I'm telling you, He hasn't given up on you. I see the picture of, of somebody drowning in the, drowning in the ocean and, and, and then throwing a life raft, like the life raft is Jesus, and, and the, he throws it out there, and, and you go to swim for it, and right as you get up to it, like, psych, <laughs> drown, loser. No, that's, that's not what happens, right? You leave it, and then watch this. When you grab onto it, you'll notice all you got to do is hold on, and other people you can just become like a dead blubbering weight that sinks to the bottom. You might pull all of them in too, but they're going to pull you. How do I know if I'm saved? Watch, when you get up on the, on the boat, they're not like, hey, was that fun? Let's do it again. Whoa, throw you back out there. It's, it's not what happens, but sometimes we go through all of this stuff and we get on the boat and we get comfortable, and then we get too close to the edge again. Instead of staying back, we're in the safe place that we were already delivered in. How do I know if I'm saved? How do I know? How can I know? Can I know? 
Daniel chapter 9, verse 13 says, uh, It is written in the law of Moses, all the disasters come upon you. Yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. I like one version says, We have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to the truth. That is why they were not delivered. Because they did not turn from their sins. We have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn. We didn't do that. We didn't turn from our iniquities and understand or receive and believe His truth. The only reason that you will ever doubt your salvation is if you are disobedient to your salvation. When you are disobedient to your salvation, you will always doubt your salvation. But don't you ever forget that Jesus said 70 times 7 in the same day, baby. You just come back and confess it, and I will keep on working it out with you. Don't you let some religious bigot hold you back from what Jesus already bought. Do you hear what I'm saying today? You confess your sins, and if you have to, confess it to everybody. And try to hold it in, cover it up, be honest, be authentic, get that thing out of you, apologize, forgive, confess, do whatever it takes, because at the end of days, you will not regret it. You know why I was never confident in my salvation? The reason I was never confident in my salvation, man, he's, he's really clear on this. It makes a lot of, yeah, I know because I was this. Like, I'm messing with some of you right now because I was you. And, and if I'm not careful, I could very easily, on this platform, just like so many other pastors in this country and others, compartmentalize some stuff and keep right on preaching and looking real good doing it. That's how scary this thing is. You know why I wasn't confident in my salvation? Because I was not consistent in my salvation. Consistency breeds confidence. We have to go beyond confession and into endurance. Let me ask you this question. This is the most important question I could probably ask today. Is there an area in your life where you are tolerating sin? That area is going to cause you to doubt your salvation. Is there anything in my life, not am I still sinning? That's not what I'm saying. Am I still stumbling? No, you're going to do that. Maybe. You don't have to. Like, I really believe I can wake up in the morning and not commit adultery. It's crazy. Like, I have that in my head, right? I really think I can wake up tomorrow and not drop an F-bomb in front of anybody. I, really, I think I can. You guys just believe with me. Pray for me tonight. But I really believe like that I can wake up tomorrow, go through my entire day without slapping anybody. It's just, it's just in me. Maybe I'm overconfident. I need to set up a boundary. Why do we think we have to wake up in the morning and sin? Well, we're going to sin, brother. Maybe not. 
Maybe Jesus really died on the cross once and for all, was resurrected from the grave with a new life available to me to where I can wake up tomorrow morning and still be free. Wake up on Tuesday morning and live like I was. Wake up on Wednesday morning and help somebody else be. You don't have to keep doing the same thing. But just because you are doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love you or that he's given up on you. And you need to rebuke that devil. Confess it and repent. Make it right. Don't tolerate sin. You can be confident in your salvation if you're living for God. If you're following Jesus, you need to be confident in your salvation. A lot of people think that the sin was a God doesn't believe in eternal security. We do believe in eternal security. We believe that if you're in Christ, then you should be eternally secure and confident in that thing. But if you're not in Christ, then you need to stop banking on that prayer you prayed 15 years ago and get, get back in or make another altar somewhere to where you will begin to be delivered. This is a heavy message. I know it's not a pretty message, but it's a biblical message. And I believe it with everything inside of me because I think if I would have been driving down the road at 19 years old and by chance something would have happened, whether I had gotten to meet my wife and have my babies or not, I'm not sure where I would have spent eternity because of what I read in Scripture, not what I've taught growing up. I'm not going to teach you the wrong thing. Why should we be becoming like Jesus? 1 John 2, 3. And we know that we know Him. It's kind of repetitive, but it's good. It's for confidence, right? We know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Listen, if it was good enough for the Apostle John, then I'm going to kind of stand on that thing. Verse 6 says, He who says he abides in Him ought himself also to walk as he walked. Let me make it simple. If you say that you're in Christ, then your life should look like Jesus' life. If, if we say that we are His and we're saved and we're free, then we should walk as He walked. Now listen, if, if we're not, then just take a step back, evaluate, confess, and let Him forgive you again if need be. It's, it's not okay, but it can be you got to let him do it again. Why are we saved? For a long time, I thought that we were saved um, because so I could go to heaven. That's what I thought I was saved for. I just thought I could I get saved because I want to go to heaven. I, mean, I was five years old. And I don't, I don't want to go to hell. And people would ask me, hey, you, you, wanna be, you need to be born again. Don't you want to go to heaven? I was never like, uh, no thanks. I'd rather spend the eternity in damnation. Thank you much. Get away from me. And I never said that. There was nothing in me that wanted to go to hell. Like a real place that we really believe in. And so I would get saved because I was scared. That's not a good reason, but God can use it. Rather, here's why Jesus saved us. Galatians 5.1 It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Because Jesus doesn't want us to be bound. He doesn't want us to suffer the consequences of, of those bad decisions. We're going to face enough persecution without bringing it on ourselves. He wants us to be free and still be fulfilled even when we're going through that thing. 
Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So I'm free. I'm free for what? Let me give you three takeaways this morning. We'll dismiss the first service. What am I free for? Number one, I'm free or I'm saved for relationship. I'm saved for relationship with God and relationship with others. You will never have the relationships that God created you to have until you become the person that he created you to be. Did you get that? Somebody write that down for me. It's not in my notes. I need it second service. You will never have the relationships that God created you to have until you become the person that he created you to be. In fact, your relationships are your key as to how healthy your salvation is. If your relationships are not healthy, then your salvation is not likely healthy. If they are healthy, then it's possible that you're headed in the right direction. If you're working on them, then that's probably what you're doing in your salvation. I'm saved for relationship with God. Let's talk about that one. Seek God. Learn more about him. The more you learn, the more you know, and the more you know, you begin to love. I was really confused about that growing up. Teenagers, I'm going to help you. Are you with young people? Everybody, just don't talk to the person beside you, even, even if they're really pretty. Just focus up here for just like, just ignore your hormones for like 30 seconds. I'm going to give you something to help you out, okay? Right here for just a minute. Um, I didn't know how to love Jesus. That didn't make sense to me. And I would even ask, I'm like, I don't, I want to love Jesus, but I don't know how to love like a being that I've, I've never, I don't get it. And now I understand that the more I seek him, like the, the more I commit to him and follow him, the more I seek him, the more I learn about him, the more I learn about him, the more I love him. So if you want to know how to love Jesus, you, you just, first of all, you got to be born again. You got you to receive salvation. And then you got to go beyond confession and begin to seek God. Seek his presence. Study his word. Read the gospel. Listen to other people preach his word that really believe in it. Psalm 119 verse 2 says, Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all of their heart. Please don't seek God halfway. And then get mad at him when he doesn't show up. Don't do that. There's no promise in scripture that says, if you will kind of seek God. <laughs> There's nowhere in, in the Bible does it say that. If you will just say a prayer and go to church once a week, then God will reveal his glory to you. No, there's never. That scripture doesn't exist. It says, this is. You will be blessed when you keep his statutes and seek him with, with all of your heart. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, if, if you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. Listen, you, you can't go in this thing halfway or that's all you'll get. 
And then you're going to get very frustrated and you're going to go, you're going to become one of those people that said, I tried that Jesus thing and it didn't work out for me. No, you did not because that's blasphemy against the scripture. You cannot experience the power and the presence of the living God and then turn back to your evil ways. It is impossible, Hebrews says. You have to know him and experience him. And in order to do that, you've got to go after him with everything that you have. You won't always have to, like, you don't have to be like that crazy zealot person that's, like, screaming in people's face all the time. You don't have to do that. Like, don't talk to people the way that I preach. (laughs) It's just good advice. Like, I don't do this to people on the street. I don't do this in the gym or at the restaurant. Never done this to a waitress, ever. Although now I'm I'm really considering it because it may be fun. But I've never done that. I've never done that. I just want to minister to people. I just, I'm trying to hear from God and, and speak into their lives and, and do my best to just be like Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 13. Everybody knows Jeremiah 29, 11. Or a lot of people have heard Jeremiah 29, 11, and, and they love to quote that, you know. But, but everybody kind of stops right there. And, and I really like 12 and 13. And 13 says, like all that stuff I just said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, give you hope and pleasure in the future and all these things. Like, that's really good, awesome, okay? But the scripture keeps going. (laughs) Verse 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So in other words, watch this. If you do this last thing, like seek me with all of your heart, then everything else that I just said is going to come to pass in your life too. And on the other end, listen, hear hear the heart. This is not, I'm not hitting you with anything here. This is my conviction. If you do not do that, then all that other stuff, it's not going to happen either. And it's going to affect everybody that you love and everybody that you care about. I'm saved for relationship with others, those that I love and those that I know, those that I'm supposed to be an example for. Number two, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Number two, if I'm saved for relationship, watch this, I'm saved from sin. Saved from sin. Like, you can really be free of sin. You were a slave to sin and, and free from righteousness or godliness. Now, watch, listen, you can be a slave to righteousness and free from sin. It's really possible. Even in the Bible Belt where t- people take the gospel for granted, you can change, you can turn. Even in, even in Ephesus and, and Corinth and those places that letters and go, hey guys, there's more to this. Like Corinth was so messed up, he had to write two letters. Like, we preach every Sunday. Like, and I think I've told this, I think I said this in the Wednesday night crowd, but I really think that I was so messed up that God had to put me in the ministry just to keep me saved. But it's a true story. Because he knew that if he would make me preach every week, then I may live by some of it. <laughs> and the, anybody that's ever preached or pastored, you guys are like, yeah, I, I feel you. I needed to get more involved in the church so I would become less involved in the world. I needed to get more involved in the call of God on my life so I would start ignoring all the other calls on my life. 
free from sin. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 is a scary passage, and, and I, I, I just don't know how we can read over it and, and continue in it and, and not be convicted by it. But I know people that do. Verse 19, it says, The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. They're obvious. It's immorality, sexual immorality, impurity, um, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Well, I'm not doing that. Okay. Um, anything that you spend more time, energy, effort, and emotion on than your relationship with God, that's an idol. It's idolatry. Anything that you put before God in any area of your life, and for the United States, the, the, the main area is financial. I'm just going to call it what it is. And it's not because I need your money. It's because you need to be free. Materialism and the American dream is not in Scripture as a promotion that we should achieve, right? That's not a God-given right. That's something that God may give us, but he expects us to use it to further his kingdom, and until we're free from that, that's an idol. And then, and then actually, Paul combines it with devil worship. Idolatry, anything that you put before God, even if it's really small and green, anything is an idol and witchcraft. So don't just dismiss that scripture. <laughs> Hatred, discord, Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. All right, you got me. <laughs> Dissensions, factions. You know why we hate one another more than we love one another? Because we're not living in the freedom that we claimed as a nation at one point. We've forgotten what the pilgrims came here for. And so now, when you turn on the TV, all you see is hate. And then, and then you see this, this hyperactive grace and this perverted love that's not God's love. It's twisted. It's confusing. It's because we're in the last days where lawlessness will increase and many love will grow cold. Fits of rage, selfish ambition, verse 21, envy and, and drunkenness. And the, the scripture goes on to say these things right there at the very bottom these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. We're not, we're not going to inherit the kingdom of God and, and tolerate these things. Man, this is, it's, I know, I'm sorry. Let me maybe shift gears a little bit. The good news is, is that the very next scripture begins to describe the fruit of the Spirit. And, and you just need to listen, watch. Everything that I just read, here's what God wants to replace it with. Like he doesn't want to just remove those things from your life and you sit around and stare at a gray wall for the rest of eternity. That's not his desire for you. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. By the way, remember what Luke said? By your patience, you possess your soul. Where does patience come from? From the, the Spirit of God. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, thankfulness, or gratitude, like a, a heart and a, and, a, and a gentleness towards other people. And my favorite that nobody ever really likes to talk about, self-control. It's really fun if you put it in a song 
and uh, watch it on YouTube. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And you can play it for your kids and they'll sing it to you. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. It's freeing. Listen, you have been given the power over sin. You have the ability to resist the enemy and watch him flee. It's been in our message. Pastor John, come join me. We've been talking about it for the last few weeks. Mark chapter 16, that he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. But watch this. The one that believed and is baptized will so signs will follow that individual. It will show the life of repentance. They will cast out demons and, and speak in new tongues. And that just doesn't mean like, that's not what that just means, okay? It may mean that, but it means so much more than that. Like the way that you were talking to people yesterday, you're going to go back to work and begin to love them who, for who they are and where they are. And you're not going to say the same things. You're not going to tell the same jokes. The things that you used to find funny are going to become offensive. And the things Things that you used to, the words that you used to use to hurt people, God's going to shift that thing and he's going to use your words, your tongue as the power of life that heals people because that is the business of the Holy Spirit. That's what he desires to do. And then you can lay hands on your baby boy when his mouth won't stop bleeding and you're scared to death because you know you can't afford another surgery. God will move in that place and minister to him for you and through you because he saved you for something, not just from. This is a cool life. I have a lot of fun doing this stuff. Like to be able to face darkness and say, <laughs> come get you, come on. And I think I'm bad, and God's behind me going, <laughs> It's like when we come riding in at the end and we're all on white horses like, yeah, and Jesus speaks and the whole thing's over like, oh, wow. <laughs> I can be free from sin for relationship. Number three, take this away. I'm saved to live. I'm saved to live. John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And by the way, he's bound by that order because that's the word of God. He cannot destroy you until he steals your perspective, till he steals your desire. But that's why God put it in you. And the scripture reveals to us that a believer cannot be possessed. So if I can't be possessed and my passion comes from my heart, then guess what the devil and the third of heaven can never touch inside of me. He can never touch my tenacity. He can never touch my motivation. He can never touch my endurance. He can never touch my passion. And it will always be directed towards my king because he's the one that came and saved and delivered me. He has come that I may have life and have it to the full. My bride will have it to the full. My babies will have it to the full. My grandchildren will have it to the full. And we may face some tough circumstances and difficulty, but I remember that my God is still on the throne and his throne will last forever. Whoever believes in me, Jesus said, shall have life. Not just for a little while, 
but eternal life. Come on, one more time. I want you to go there with me. Watch this. He came as a humble baby in a manger, but he's coming back. He went up in a cloud on a beach. But he's coming back through the clouds on a mountain. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be a secret next time, friend. He's still a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's still father to the fatherless and hope to the hopeless. He's still healer for the hurting and savior to the shame. He is still the author and the finisher of my faith. He is still the one that intercesses on behalf of me from the back to the front. I wonder if anybody would just testify with me today and remember that he was the lamb that was slain, but he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the author, the finisher, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Nothing is going to stop him and nothing is going to get in his way. And watch this, friend. I am on his team and I get to win with him. That is what his word says to me. You can stand. Just stand with me. It's okay. Watch this. First Corinthians chapter 9. Last scripture. I'm done. And thank you, Jesus, for helping me turn that because that was heavy. And that's what it feels like when you get stuck in that thing. But when you do that, you need to remember that within moments is the opportunity to turn. Not just away from that sin, but to the Savior. Watch what Paul said. Verse 26, therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thank God. Man, I don't even like running. <laughs> I've said that if you see me running, look, stop what you're doing and follow me, okay? Or pull over and pick me up. There is something wrong, okay? Megan looked out the window the other day and, and Pastor John was running by the house. She goes, oh, look, Pastor John's running. I said, from what? <laughs> He's just running. <laughs> Paul said, I... I don't, I don't run with uncertainty. And, and I don't fight as one who just beats the air. Saw that last night. It's one thing to punch the air and look real good when ain't nobody around. But you put an enemy in that ring and things change. Watch this. But he says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become. I'm not going to be a statistic. And you're not either. I'm not going to be disqualified. And you're not either. We're going to run this race with endurance. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Listen, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, if you kind of have a knot in your throat because you know this moment is for you, and 
you have that uneasy feeling in your stomach possibly because during this message you were thinking that I might know something and I don't do that but he does if you have not been living for Jesus and according to the scripture to the day not not the doctrine not just my conviction but the scripture the word of God that was spoken today if you know that you need to confess your sins to Jesus and receive his salvation today whether for the first time or for the first time in a long time if I'm talking to you and you want to be included in this prayer would you lift your hand right where you are and say that's me I see you anybody else I want to be saved today come on don't you let the enemy cause you not to be honest just lift your hand you don't have to throw it up real high I can see if you just wave at me just a little bit I'm not going to make you come up here in front of everybody I promise I just need to I need to receive salvation today I see you I see you anybody else thank you I need to ask forgiveness of this area of sin that I've been tolerating because I don't want it to steal what God has for me and and kill the destiny that God created me for, and I certainly don't want to see it destroy the people that I love. If today you know that you've been tolerating an area of sin, and today you want to be free of that, you want to be included in this prayer of repentance and salvation in just a minute. If I'm talking to you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Thank you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. I see you. Thank you. Come on, don't be left out. Anybody else? Would you look this way? We count those connect cards. That's like gold for us. We don't share it. We don't like send it out. We don't, you know, give it to the prayer team and tell them what's going on in your life so they can pray to We don't do that. Okay? We, we just want to connect with you. But because we believe that your salvation is tied to your endurance. And so today, if, if you raise your hand, you're going to pray with us here in just a second. We're going to dismiss. Before you leave this place, I want you to fill out that card. Just write your name and write what took place today so that we can, we can reconnect, so that we can follow up with you because that's very important to us. I want to ask our prayer team to just spread out right now. I'm going to pray a short prayer, and then I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing and dismissal. But if you don't want to just pray where you are, if you need prayer, or maybe you thought you wanted to come earlier, we're going to kind of have one more song for a few more minutes. And if you need to go see one of these people, look, don't leave here with a secret that you could tell an individual in confidence that would pray with you and never tell a soul, that you could confess not only to God, but to another. Confess your sins one to another. God is faithful and just and wants to forgive. As we begin to pray, if you want to go pray with somebody anywhere in the room that you see, I want to invite you to do that. Church, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you raise your hand, I want you to, to close your eyes and focus everything that you have on Jesus.
This will be the most important prayer that you've prayed thus far in your life. Church, pray this with me. Jesus, forgive me for where I've fallen short. The things that I mess up. The things I do wrong. Those things are sin. They separate me from you. And I don't want to be separated. You died on the cross to save me from my sin. And you rose from the dead so I could have a new life. Forgive me. Save me. Help me live that life. I want to follow you with all of my heart for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, even if you didn't raise your hand, would you grab a Connect card before you leave today and give it to one of these people that are standing around or hand it to our ladies at the welcome desk or you can bring it straight to me and I'll put it in my pocket and we'll file it. Would you lift your hands for the blessing if you're comfortable with this? Father, I thank you for this day. I pray that you would bless us and keep us and that your face would shine upon us and be gracious to us. I pray that you would lift up your countenance, God, and that we would go from this place full and filled with your peace. God, come upon us and empower us to be an example, to be a witness for you with everybody in our lives and help us to plug in and endure to the end so that we can't just receive your salvation for a moment, but that we walk in your salvation for a lifetime. In Jesus' name, help us to get plugged into a small group and have a great day. Hallelujah. Hey, meet somebody and don't forget about baptisms. You're welcome to come back. I will get us out of here. Look, 1031, I'm one minute late. I will cut it shorter in second service and the meeting is in nine minutes if you're being baptized or if you want to be baptized because you just gave your life to Jesus. We're ready for you. Pastor Weston and I can work with that. Go to the student center right now. Meet somebody you don't know and have a great afternoon. Hey.